0: you're gonna hate me because I come to your town and we beat your team
1: the all-out Kentucky podcast into the arms of Davis and the superior team all season long was the superior team tonight and the Kentucky coronation is complete
0: Champions 2012. Benny Snell needs five yards to break Sonny Collins' career rushing record. They give it to Benny, straight ahead, 10,
1: 5, touchdown, and the rushing record for Benny Snell Jr. of Kentucky.
0: Welcome in to the All Out Kentucky podcast, your home for the Kentucky Wildcats basketball and football program. I am your host, AJ Bradley, and I am joined, as always, by my brother and co-host, Sam Bradley. And right after I did that intro, I'm thinking back about last episode, Sam, and I definitely did not introduce either one of us and say our names, so I hope our listeners knew who we were, even without saying our names, hopefully by now. but anyways, Hopefully by now. Yes. But anyways, I digress. And... You know, Sam, we do have a lot to talk about today, and a lot of it does seem to revolve around the world of basketball, but we do have a little bit of football to touch on, which we'll get to at the end of the episode. But, like I said, a lot of what we do need to discuss today revolves around the world of basketball. John Calipari has hired a new assistant coach, something that we had touched on a few episodes ago about there being a vacancy, and it has now been filled. So Sam will get you guys up to speed on who has been hired. We also have a potential of another basketball player being added to this year's roster, roster, excuse me. Um, that's something that we've also touched on in the past, so I just wanted to give you guys a little bit of a um, more up-to-date progress report as far as that goes. The basketball team also scheduled a pretty cool trip to the Bahamas at the beginning of the season for a tournament, so we wanted to discuss that. And then, like I said, we just had a little bit of football news to bring up at the end of the podcast And with that being said, I would like to bring in Sam. And Sam, just a few days ago, the basketball players have arrived on campus. Some pretty exciting stuff. And why don't you bring us up to speed on everything that's going on around the team and, uh, like I said, a potential possible add to the roster as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for bringing us in there, AJ. Uh, For those of y'all that might not be able to hear it in his voice, AJ's kind of fighting back a... A little cold right now, so hopefully I can kind of steal some of the uh, limelight that he holds. So uh, if he's not speaking too much, it's not because he's quiet. Uh, he's just fighting back some uh, some rasp in his voice. But uh, but yeah, absolutely, we are um, we're heating up. I know it's the off season, but uh, the basketball team, like AJ said, has officially arrived on campus. Every single player is moved in and ready to roll. They actually had a little barbecue. Uh, and played some pickup ball in Coach Calipari's backyard. So I'm sure that was a great first kind of team bonding experience. However, there is one gentleman, mind you, probably the most impl- important player, not only for the Kentucky Wildcats, but in the entire college basketball landscape for next season. And Oscar Shibway is not quite back. He is still in the Congo, uh, eating his whatever those were in that video. If you guys haven't seen it, he won up to Will Levis, eating a full banana with the peel on it last year with uh, a full plate of maybe flies or I don't know what it was AJ but it was absolutely absurd Um, but yeah like I said it's exciting the whole team is uh, on campus they're moved in they're ready to roll Uh, shortly they're going to start obviously their summer workouts and their programs and um, like we said a, a bit ago we actually hired a new Coach before this new assistant coach that I'll touch on, but obviously we we hired a new strength and conditioning coach uh, a few weeks back, so that's exciting because obviously this will be his first full summer with the program. Get these guys ready to roll, um, get them in shape. Obviously, we've got some players just working on some different body types. Hopefully, Damian Collins could add a few pounds this summer. So it's just it's really exciting to see them get rolling. Um, and like you said, and you touched on it, AJ, we actually officially schedule the bahamas trip so this is a trip that the uk program has been a part of before we'll play four games against four technically national teams um while we're down there it's going to be a great opportunity to kind of get the boys gelling see what you know potentially we have for next season i think it's going to be vital i mean we touched on this but having that early development is just a critical part of you know finding out who we are as a team, finding out who we are individually and how those those pieces form together. Um, you know, coach Cal, despite bringing in one of the more experienced teams, uh, as far as, uh, you know, career games in the NCAA goes and bringing back some important talent from last year. Um, you know, there's still a lot of new pieces that go together and we got to fit, see how that fit feels. So, um, very thankful that we got that on the schedule and we can kind of, you know, let the, the team go down there and develop some, some good habits, get rid of some bad habits and pretty early into the season. And, and mind you just have some fun while they're at it. I mean, I think that actually is a, a huge part of this to just be a part of a team and feel like they're, they're kids cause they are. Um, so kind of get that out and early and, um, come back and be ready for play. But, um, that was something that originally when I saw it, AJ, I thought me and you could go to, but after I saw the prices of the trip, (laughs) maybe not, uh, $8,000. I I don't know about you, but I'm not ready to fork that up for a Bahamas trip.
0: Yeah. We'll, we'll see how many parlays I hit between now and then, but you never know.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, but with more pressing news, I, I think it's a, a great opportunity. Like you alluded to earlier, um, Coach John Calipari and staff have filled a vacancy, a seat next to the throne at uh, UK's bench, as Jay Lucas has obviously landed with Duke. We touched on that previously in one of our AOK podcast episodes. Um, we have officially filled that void with none other than KT Turner. Uh, so for those those of you that hear KT Turner, that probably does not light up anything in your head as far as, you know, who this guy is. And that's as expected, even for myself and AJ included, this necessarily wasn't on our big board of potential hires. Obviously we had fun in one of our previous episodes going through some potential names, both, uh, you know, some make-believe potential scenarios and then some more serious routes. And um, within that KT Turner was not on our big board. So this is a surprise hire, but, To rest your minds at ease, this is a great hire, in my opinion. I'll be interested to get some of your quick feedback, AJ, but KT Termer comes to the UK basketball program after previously being with uh, the Oklahoma Sooners. So um, he has 16 years of experience on the job. He is a three-time assistant lead coach at three different programs, obviously Oklahoma being of the lattest, um, you know, this, once I've dove into this hire is something that I am actually extremely excited about. It almost feels like a J when we went out and hired Jay Lucas. Now, mind you, KT Turner's not nearly as young as Jay when we first grabbed him, but kind of one of those scenarios that coach Calipari just saw the opportunity almost more so before the competitors did and went after and got what is deemed, you know, his guy. Um, when we look at what we needed to replace in Jay Lucas, I remember talking about this in a previous episode. AJ was one, Jay Lucas is an incre- incredible player developer. We needed someone to come in and help these guys take those leaps from years one to two, two to three. Think back to PJ Washington. We need a coach in there that can help a player like PJ take those leaps. And with KT Turner, the number one thing once you start reading into how great of an assistant coach he is, is his ability to help in player development. I think that's going to be massive. We've talked about some of the players for next year, AJ. And first one that comes to mind is the most recent announcement that Jacob Toppin is coming back. If, you know, if KT can do anything early and often it's help Jacob take that leap. And that can kind of be his first project on the job. Obviously, the next most important part of this man's job is his recruitment. You know, we have obviously touched on how great Chen Coleman is, um, and, our, and Orlando Antigua, and they basically have the Midwest and the North covered in their you know recruitment ties. What we needed to address was Jay Lucas's ties to the state of Texas and Southern programs. Another, none other than KT Turner previously worked for the texas staff before oklahoma he obviously has some great ties to the state of texas it was all in all just a brilliant hire um we kind of got some validation from some of the other heads uh, across the college landscape and other d1 coaches um just kind of got some feedback through their interviews as to what they thought of the Kentucky Wildcats most recent hire. And we got a lot of validation, AJ, as far as um, the agreements that KT Turner was actually in an unbelievable hire. So I'm actually extremely excited about that. Wasn't necessarily someone on our board, but I, I think that's okay because neither was, you know, when I think back Jay Lucas, I mean, I didn't know that name. And now look at him, you know, he's getting paid a lot of money to go be kind of the face at Duke for a very fresh and vibrant program. And now you look at what, you know, maybe Coach Cal is doing with KT, and I'm, I'm very excited about, you know, him surprising a lot of BBN with his his ability to player develop next year and obviously get excited about his recruitment trail for the next couple of seasons.
0: Yeah, so I think you <clears> – <throat> excuse me. I think you hit uh, the nail on the head there when you talked about um, KT Turner and what he brings to our program. Um, from everything that I've been able to gather, it was very evident that John Calipari wanted to replace what Jay Lucas brought to his to the program and his staff in general. And um, that's exactly what he went out and did by hiring KT Turner. Um, he's a guy who has deep roots in the state of Texas and in the south part of the country. He has been um, coaching at the college game for over twenty plus years, um, at programs like Texas, SMU, and Oklahoma, um, he was handpicked to come to Oklahoma with uh, head coach Porter Moser when he left um, from his success from his successes at um, Loyola Chicago. Unfortunately, um, he's not the first assistant to take off from Porter's staff, which is. Unfortunate for him, but luckily this is the Kentucky podcast, not the all-out Oklahoma podcast. <laughs> so we will take him, and um, yeah, I, everything I've been able to gather and read about him is um, the number one thing about him is, is he, he's a player developer, and that's exactly what John Calipari, John Calipari was looking for, somebody with ties to the state of Texas who could recruit there. Um get their foot in the door and build those relationships. And then a guy who can also um, develop the players who are on campus and on the team. And I think that's exactly what he was able to go out there and get. And like Sam said, definitely not a guy who was on our radar, but that doesn't really mean anything, honestly. Um, Seems as if Calipari and the rest of his staff are excited to have KT on their staff and he's excited to be here and ready to get to work, um, which has been the same case for just about everybody we've talked about that has been brought in or hired or any sort of change of position that has happened um, since Sam and I have been doing the podcast, but um, obviously very intentional and who he hired. And, um, I'm excited to see KT get in here and kind of work with this revamped and, um, new age, I guess, or whatever you want to call it. Um, Kentucky basketball roster, because it has changed a little bit from last year. And as me and Sam previously stated a while back, it's a little bit of a different type of player coming in this season um, as opposed to the past couple of seasons. So a few new faces, coaches, um, strength and conditioning coach. It's a lot of, of new faces around, which um, is always an adjustment. But we have strong leaders on the team and in, in the staff and around the building and um, should help kind of make this whole transition seamless and something um get these guys on the same page and, and really get after it. Um, now that they're all on campus and, and starting to get to work.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, on the topic of new faces, I know it's something that AJ and I touched on last episode is kind of a, um, cliffhanger, but we wanted to kind of discuss if we potentially saw maybe the Kentucky basketball program adding one new face, um, obviously as it is and constructed the basketball team could obviously just proceed with not adding anyone else potentially from the transfer portal or um uncommitted 2022 potential recruits but it it does seem like there is room for maybe one new face um and obviously that would need to be filling a vacancy and a role that we do not currently have addressed um You know, when I first kind of pondered this, AJ, and thought about would Kentucky need to be adding someone, um, I kind of dove at the roster and just looked, okay, where would we need someone? What do we need? What does this roster lack? And I do actually think that that we definitely couldn't hurt from adding one more key guard to this roster. Um, You know, I think back to last year, AJ and I talk about this all the time now, but those injuries last year in our guard position really killed us. As it stands right now, I don't know if Adutiro is going to play much next year. That maybe be will be a project piece. So if you don't necessarily consider him for some key role minutes within our team, realistically we've got Casey Wallace who will have consistent minutes. We have obviously Severe Wheeler. We have C.J. Frederick. Um it really as is have the Kentucky Wildcats have three very surefire individuals that are going to control the majority of the minutes. Obviously we have other pieces at the guard position that are ready to play. I just don't know if they're going to be absolutely, you know, flourishing with the type of production that we need. We obviously have another transfer to where I feel comfortable. We at least have four guards that I'm very comfortable with. Um, but maybe we can add one more. And that's kind of where I saw it going. And then, surely enough, shortly after, we kind of dove into this topic, A.J., a name pops up into the transfer portal. And shortly after, the Kentucky Wildcats are an associated program that has reached out. Um, This is a transfer from Illinois, and his name is Jacob Grandinson. Uh, That actually might ring a bell for some of you, might not, doesn't matter. However... If we need to address the depth in the guard position for next year, look no further than Jacob because this is an individual that played for Illinois in the Big Ten. He averaged close to 10 points last year on 45% shooting from the field. And mind you, 41% shooting from three. So this is exactly what we're looking for. I mean, when we think about CJ Frederick coming in and maybe potentially taking. Kellen Grady role. And obviously, in my opinion, AJ, I think he can be even the next step up from Kellen Grady. I know Kellen Grady was a flamethrower at times last year, but um, CJ Frederick's a great defender. And I enjoy the way he plays a two way basketball and he lets the game come to him. And, you know, recent interviews, he was talking about how he could not believe from sitting on the bench last year. How many open opportunities he is going to get within the SEC? You know, the SEC has a lot of length and athletic individuals that play in our conference, that it does create a lot of opportunities for wing guards to kind of get some separation and some open looks at times. And he is extremely excited about that opportunity. And at times, you know, he's dealt with injury. And I think it's important that. We have someone that else could else be our go-to, you know, that comes maybe off the bench. Maybe they create a, a good opportunity for them in the starting position at times. But uh, mind you, Jacob Grenadon could be a huge add for us. Um, at worst case scenario, we get him and it doesn't work out at least we have that depth come you know unforeseen injuries and stuff like that so i think this is absolutely something that you can tell kentucky is open to the idea i think the fit's got to be there it's going to be you know ultimately does jacob Grandison want to go from averaging 10 points in the big 10 for illinois and transferring to kentucky and potentially not getting that many more minutes i mean he averaged 24 minutes last year aj and You know, I don't think Kentucky is willing to walk out and say, hey, we're going to roll out the red carpet. We can promise you, you know, more than 20 minutes a game. I don't don't know, but he would definitely have to fight. He would get his name out there more so at Kentucky, I think, than anywhere else. But, um, you know, his name is flashing all around. It's something that uh, he has actually confirmed that he is in constant communications with some big name programs, USC, UCLA, Arizona, Duke. Oregon, Kentucky, Michigan, the list kind of goes on. But um, I'm hearing that Kentucky is certainly in the mix of early programs that have a shot at landing Jacob, um, which is reassuring. I think ultimately it comes down to Jacob deciding if he is willing to kind of make a lateral move here. Obviously, this could be huge for his development and his exposure at the college level. It also will come down to does the UK staff believe that they need to fill another void and get some more depth at this position, especially with shooting? I mean, I know that's always a concern in Big Blue Nation's eyes is shooting, especially when we brought back you know, some big forwards that can't necessarily stretch the four um, you know, Oscar Shibway, I did see a little highlight AJ um, of him shooting some threes this summer, so that could be exciting, even if he could hit one or two a game. Uh, you know, Jacob's not necessarily a, a massive three point shooter, he has the, the threat to shoot from three, but you know, I, that's not a consistent player that we can count on to stretch the floor. So, having guards that could be consistent would be vital. So, I'm all for this, um, I'm fully in on trying to get Jacob Grandison i don't know if it's something we should set our hopes on uh but i am fully in it i i hope it is someone we can add because i am all about the depth i'm all about the three-point shooting when it comes to next year's team
0: yeah 100 sam i i couldn't agree more i think the depth is something that it can never hurt i mean you never know what what sort of situation may present itself throughout the course of the season and who may get hurt and what may happen and all sorts of crazy things. So, um, it will be interesting. Um, the more I did my homework on, uh, Grandison is quite strange. Um, averaged, um, a lot of like almost 14 points a game, um, at the start. And then, uh, just kind of like, didn't get to play as much the next season, and then last season um, he actually ended up did, did playing more, just didn't average as much as many points per game, uh, didn't have as many opportunities to score, but um, continued to improve on his three-point percentage over the course of his college career, and as Sam said, I think um, the most important part of this is um, at this point, yes, we need depth, we need another player. Could we get away without it? Yeah, sure. But we'd be much more secure with another guard on our roster. The problem with that is we can't just bring in anybody. It needs to be somebody who's willing to accept the role that they're given and try to maximize that role to its fullest potential. Not go out there and be anybody else or try to be the star or try to do this or try to do that. No, we're looking... For somebody who can come in and fill a specific role and has to be okay with that and has to be willing to say, I need to do this exceptionally well to help the team and therefore I will be better and the team will be better because of it. And that's not an easy thing to do for anybody, let alone a kid who's in college or a guy who's been a part of another team and asked to do something different and now going to a different program and being asked to do something completely different. So... That's the only thing that I would um, potentially see as um, something that um, would need to get kind of hashed out or just make sure that whoever this this player is, whether it is Jacob Grandison or somebody else, just to make sure that they're completely clear on what's being asked of them. And I think... um, you know, Calipari's always done that with all of his players. He's been very honest about what he is looking for from them. Um, and obviously that's just to come in and compete and, and be the best teammate they can be. But obviously it, it it does boil down to more of the defined roles and things as the season progresses and how they're working throughout the year and what they're asking of each individual player to do to help the team in the long run. So um, just something that I thought would be worth noting as you potentially bring somebody in. Um, Also, we did discuss the fact that the team is on campus now. Um, So, you know, bringing in somebody at this point as well, um, potentially has an effect of, you have to make sure this person is a good fit within, within the team itself Um, because just bringing somebody on at that point in the season, um, even though the season hasn't already started, but the team has already been together, um, you never know how that can go. And whenever I think of a scenario like this, my mind goes one place, and that's me and Sam watching Miracle uh, growing up. If you haven't seen it, great movie (laughs) about the 1980 Olympic men's hockey team. Um, But the coach, Herb Brooks, at one point, the team has been going through grueling day after grueling day of training, getting prepared for the Olympics. And he brings in a stud player to start um, skating out there with them. And these guys are going through the meat grinder as they're trying not to get cut from the team and actually make this team and you know, the team kind of gets to a point where they say like, Hey coach, you can't bring this guy in at this point, man. Like we're a family, we're brothers. We were going through this. It's not fair. So that that's sort of where I, where I'm going with this. Like you just got to be, I know it's a little dramatic, but you just got to be careful when you're bringing somebody in late to the party and just making sure it's the right fit and mm-hmm. they're willing to be a part of the team. And, um, you can kind of have that consistency um, and that camaraderie between everybody because the dynamics of a locker room can, can change over time, and that's not something that you want to be dealing with. Um, I don't think that would be an issue, but again, just something to note um, if they'd end up do bring somebody in here, but it will be interesting to see what ends up happening and if we do end up adding anybody to the roster for next season.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, it's a valid point. I know it's kind of the extreme side, but, you know, I I get it, especially for a few months down the road where we really have started to gel as a team. You know, last year we think back to the transfer portal and we didn't add some of these guys until like August, AJ, late August too. So um, totally different scenario this year where we have what feels like an entire team um, together and ready to roll for next season. So I, I do get your point there. Obviously, it's early. You know, if we landed Grandinson in, in the next couple of weeks, I don't think there's any fo- ho- or foul or harm from that. I think, obviously, they'd bring him in with accepting arms. But, no, you bring up a great point. Obviously, it's going to have to be an individual that is um, open to the role that they need to accept. And, you know, if they, they fight and claw and that individual earns more minutes and more – role potential then you know coach calipari has always been make me keep you in the game he's never going to take someone out if they're impacting the game and if you know jacob's in the game next season if he transferred to us and he's not hitting from three but he's making incredible plays on the defensive end he'll stay in the game it doesn't matter you know yes his role will be to hit threes for us and stretch the floor but regardless he just has to know his role, and, and I'm sure he will if, you know, that bridge comes. But uh, I'm just excited that the majority of our team is constructed, and we are months and months and months and months away from, from we even go to the Bahamas, AJ. And um, it's already construction or constructed, and we might add, you know, one key piece. I mean, we only have 10 scholarship players on roster for next season. Um, adding one more does not hurt. You know, you've got those scholarships, use them, Coach Cal. And, you know, he added one with Tiro, but we really don't know what his role will look like next year and if he can kind of translate his late-blooming game to the SEC level, none less than the collegiate level. And then, obviously, we also have Antonio Reeves, and, you know, can he make that huge jump from – you know, a mid-major to the limelight of the Kentucky Wildcats. I mean, don't get me wrong. I probably should have mentioned him with our guard name earlier, but uh, you know, we we have to see. I expect a lot out of Antonio next year. I really do. I think yeah, he's big time. Gonna, yeah, I think he's going to be consistent for us. Don't get me wrong, guys. But um, and he's a you know again a forty percent three point shooter, so he could be that role. I just don't see him in that you know Kellen Grady role um, that we had this past year and adding that Jacob Granderson that could come off the bench and really be someone that we find in transition that teams aren't adding to the scouting report that maybe averages 10 points a game by three threes. I mean, last year, AJ, he almost averaged taking five three pointer attempts every game. And, you know, like I said, he averaged 41%. So, um, that is consistency that is what we're looking for if we do have to add someone because everywhere else i feel pretty comfortable i feel pretty set so um yeah it'll be interesting it will be something that aj and i keep our eyes on as his decision kind of gets um cleared out and you know hopefully we'll get an announcement not too far down the road
0: yeah so um, last thing that came to mind was um you know, been watching the NBA Finals, and the Warriors are in the Finals, and something that they've kind of hung their hat on since back in 2015 is um, what they like to call strength in numbers. And that's the depth that they have on their bench and the guys that can come in and impact the game in um, small little spurts of time or longer stretches of time. But it it, it takes a lot. It takes a whole armory throughout the course of a season, and guys need to pitch in everywhere and every time and every game and you know there's just always new scenarios that pop up and guys can fill that role and and come in clutch so um the more depth we have the more strength we have in numbers and the better we will be yep speaking
1: yeah i was gonna say are we gonna get into maybe some of this recruiting yes going on yes
0: so um Yeah, as Sam said earlier, um, I have not been feeling well. It's been a pretty rough few days. Um, I feel like I haven't, I feel like I've talked like a quarter of what I normally do on the podcast and my throat is already just absolutely killing me. So, yes, I'm going to throw it back to Sam. Uh, I'm going to shut up for a second and uh, Sam is going to give you guys some really juicy, uh, exciting recruiting news for the, um, 2023 recruits for basketball. Um, so yeah, Sam, take it away.
1: Yes. So, um, just to bring you guys up to speed, there is, um, some big high school basketball events going on these past two weekends. So previously last weekend, um, EYBL, the Nike recruiting trail is going on, um, which was actually hosted by Lowell, Kentucky. So I was able to get some fresh news actually pretty quickly from that event um, last weekend where, you know, the high school's best athletes all got to kind of come into Lowell and put their game on display again for the recruiting process. Um, Some of our biggest recruits were there and, you know, some names that we've already kind of brought up. So um, for starters – I guess the biggest update, AJ, is that a keynote name that we spoke on AOK's episode last week was Robert Dillingham, and boom, we've got some fresh news for you guys. So Robert Dillingham actually pretty much refused interviews all weekend last weekend in Louisville, um, where on the last day of the event, he actually finally opened up his... um, interview opportunity window post game for three interviews. One of which was with um, none other than KSR Kentucky sports radio, where he actually was quoted and said that his recruitment process is done. He has finalized his decision. He has made up his mind. He is extremely excited to be done with the recruitment process. He said it's been a long one, but he is ready to, announce his decision all that has to really happen is just kind of get his ducks in a row with his family he said that his decision has already actually been um produced so you know it sounds like he's gonna have a little theatrics to it um which most players do nowadays so that's gonna be exciting but yeah he said it's gonna be coming still like we said uh i know aj kind of broke the news that he originally said that it was going to be on june 24th he actually was asked this during his interview and he didn't confirm or deny the date, but it does sound like it's gonna be coming later this month of June. But the bow is uh it's wrapped. It's all done nice. All we gotta do is wait for opening of it. Um, all indicators kind of point AJ that he is going to be a Kentucky Wildcat next year unless he throws a little curveball at us as of late. But um it is interesting that he did take an interview from KSR and kind of confirmed that his process is done. So hopefully that's um, good news for us because, truthfully, there's some not-so-great news on the same recruiting trail of DJ Wagner. So obviously we dove into his recruitment process last week. Um, AJ and I brought you up to speed in the depth of this recruitment battle that we're in with uh you know, our hated neighbors and the Louisville Cardinals. Um, but there's no major news here other than the fact that maybe, you know, I'm diving into this too deeply, AJ, but uh, DJ Wagner actually refused all interviews last weekend at EYBL in Louisville. So he did not do a single interview. What came to mind for me, AJ, is, okay, why would a player not want to do that? because he's trying to focus. I totally understand that. But especially if like a player like DJ Wagner that is potentially next year's number one overall recruit that has a heated battle of in-state rivals in Louisville and Kentucky. And obviously, he's getting recruited elsewhere. I mean, by major programs that are still considered in the hunt. I mean, they would need to know, do we have to pull out of this race? Is this a two-man race? And why are we even you know, wasting our time. But so he gives no interviews. Honestly, my initial reaction is that there's no new update. And that's almost reassuring to some degree of the Lowell Cardinals, in my opinion. I mean, you can, you can share if you feel elsewhere, but if all kind of indicators are now leaning towards Lowell and they've gained ground and, you know, they are kind of in the, the realm of landing him over Kentucky at the moment, which makes me nervous, but you know, that, that would be his opportunity and his camp's opportunity, AJ to kind of say, Hey, 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 slow down. We saw obviously the recent news that, you know, everyone thinks Louisville has gained ground, but this is still an open recruitment battle. You know, we have no decisions made, blah, blah, blah. That's your opportunity to kind of close that talk. And he chose not to do any interviews. So maybe I'm looking too deeply into this, but, um, I don't know, man. It it seems like we're not out of this race, and I talked about it last episode, so my my position has not changed. There's still plenty of ties to the U.K. program. Um, Kareem Watkins actually did take an interview while he was in Louisville watching his cousin DJ, um, and his direct quote, obviously he plays for Kentucky, was that um, him and DJ are inseparable. He's going to support his cousin in any way shape or fashion he wants the absolute best for his career but he does want the opportunity to play with them so um, it's just definitely a nugget for Kentucky fans there's still hope I just thought it was really interesting that he wasn't taking interviews
0: yeah so um, I guess I'll give I'll give my two cents on that I personally think um, and this is just me putting myself in his shoes um, I don't think that uh, anything that he were to say last weekend, um, I, I guess what I guess what I'll say is there is no positive. There's no positive to him speaking last weekend, him or anybody in his camp speaking to anybody last weekend, because he's the most sought after recruit. They don't want to be tipping their hand to anybody about what's going on about what they're doing. If I were him, I would be sitting back and kind of letting everybody come at me and see what they're. You know what I mean? Like, I'll take. I'll listen to you and you and you and you and kind of go from there. And I don't think that him, by him saying anything, if he opens his mouth and he says the wrong thing or he turns his words into something that can be taken and and played with. I just think that there's way too many ways that that can go wrong for him or anybody in his camp by saying the wrong thing. And I think the best thing to do in that case scenario is to just not say anything at all. I mean, that's kind of how I took it. Um, This is a completely different scenario, but something that is – relevant in the sports world but you know deshaun watson has a lot of stuff going on with um within the legal realm and they're trying to decide on if he's going to get suspended and and everything for next year's nfl season and whatnot and his attorney has not said anything very publicly and then last week he decides to go on a radio show in houston and he's blabbing on for a half hour and people take the last minute of what he said uh, and it goes viral and it makes uh, him look foolish and Deshaun Watson look foolish and I don't need to get into all the details but I only bring that up because he had no reason to say anything um, and going on that radio show like there was only one like there was only bad things that could happen from that. And so I think that's kind of where DJ and his camp may be, where it's like, why even say something? Because anytime we open our mouth, people are going to take it a certain way or run with it, or try to get me to say something that I don't want to say. And instead of dealing with any of that, why don't you guys just leave me alone and let me play basketball for the weekend? And that's kind of how I took it.
1: Yeah, fair enough. I mean, um, you know, obviously treading lightly with, the Deshaun Watson talk, but totally understand what you mean. I, I get it. You know, I, I kind of see your perspective and the fact that, you know, what good could have come from his conversation. It's just, you know, we're waiting on pens and needles. This is a very, um, heated recruitment battle that we're in with our rivals. And it's, you know, it just, it's not reassuring. It's not comforting. You know, I didn't go to bed after that news broke and said, Oh, I feel great. You know, maybe we did gain some ground. So that's maybe my selfish intent of just wanting more, but I get it. It's, it's not a big deal. I mean, no real new news. Um, the recruitment trail does heat up though.
0: What's Let me, yeah, no, no, no. I just wanted to chime in uh, cause I had a I had a quick thought. Um, so um, there is an, another possibility um, DJ might have just been watching a ton of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia and probably just took a page out of Mac's playbook um, when he says, I'm playing both sides, so I always come out on top. And that's what DJ might be doing right now. He's playing both sides of the fence, so no matter what happens, he comes out on top. Okay, I'm done continue saying but
1: aj the the thing that dj may might have learned from that episode is that mac tells both sides that he's playing both sides so maybe he was smart to not tell anyone and not take interviews
0: yes 100 so, uh, yeah. he 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 so tweaked he it a goes. little bit and he did it right but um the the idea is is from that so
1: yes exactly i i 100 agree that's definitely what's happening but um in other news there is more recruitment trail news um following EYBL Nike Trail in Lobel. Uh another huge recruitment opportunity happens as we speak right now, um Friday through Tuesday in Las Vegas where both EYBL Nike and Adidas combine for one massive recruitment opportunity in Las Vegas, Nevada. Um where some of the biggest and best recruitments and talent for the next couple of years, again, all gathered together in a showcase opportunity. Um, obviously we already harped on Dillingham and Wagner, but one that we haven't brought up that I have actually mentioned on this podcast before AJ is five-star Aaron Bradshaw. You might remember that name because that is actually DJ Wagner's Teammate, we originally opened up the recruitment process because we thought you know the package deal of bringing in DJ and having that chemistry in Aaron Bradshaw would be incredible. Bradshaw was more of a raw talent at that point, we really didn't know what he would bring to the table. He's a massive, um, you know, five star recruit, obviously, but um, a big power forward center that just hadn't really stepped into his own at the time since then as i mentioned uh previously on our episode aj he has stepped into his own i mean this is a now potential we're looking at top 25 recruit in next year's class um who is really starting to stick out away from dj wagner uh kentucky has pressed forward in his recruitment and you can tell i mean they are full-fledged we want you regardless this is our opportunity to kind of secure our center uh, moving forward And really, you know, obviously replace a huge void that Oscar Shibway will inevitably leave when he obviously moves on from this program. Um, The biggest news of it all is that Aaron Bradshaw has actually set his official visit to the Kentucky Wildcats next weekend for June 10th. So this is some big developing news. We've got a five star that's going to be rolling around the streets of Lexington. Keep your eyes open BBN because if you see him, give him some fanfare, make him feel welcomed, um, you know, really roll out the red carpet as I'm sure John Calipari and staff will. Um, It it could be a big one for us. That's for sure. And who knows? We've talked about, you know, the recruitment process with DJ, but maybe securing his center and his teammate first can help us. I'm just saying, regardless, leave DJ out of this. I think it's just big that we're even, you know, in Aaron Bradshaw's realm of opportunities for his commitment. I think he's high on us. We're high on him. You're kind of seeing that recruitment process actually build and heat up. We're starting to actually gain ground, and it feels like, UK now might be the favorite. I'm really hoping that obviously, I mean, everyone always says, oh, well, what, how'd you, would you hear about the official visit? Did it go well? Of course it went well. I mean, you never really hear like, oh, it went terrible, but barring any unforeseen circumstances, I really hope he has a great weekend. As we said, the rest of the team's there. So that's going to be a big opportunity to kind of meet some of the team players, you know, not that he'll be playing with all of them, but just to kind of see how the programs ran have some fun while he's there. Um, but yeah, that that's some, uh, some hopeful news for Big Blue Nation for next year as obviously things heat up with Robert Dillingham. Things might be cooling off with DJ. But boom, we're right back with Aaron Bradshaw.
0: Yeah, appreciate that update, Sam. Always um, appreciate you keeping your eye and um, staying up to date with all the AAU high school basketball and in that whole circuit, I know it's it's quite a lot to um, to digest. And um, we appreciate what you're doing. And uh, yeah, thank you for bringing us up to speed with all of that. Uh, I think that's yes, about all we had on the hardwood. So why don't we switch gears real quick? And I know you had a few things that you wanted to touch on as far as the football field went and the kentucky wildcats so why don't you kind of bring us up to speed as i know our summer football camp just kicked off today yes correct
1: yeah no you are correct um we have officially launched our two-week summer camp um it's going to be an exciting two weeks we will keep you guys posted on developing news you know star standout early talents um you know what we're hearing as far as The offense goes, the defense goes. I know there's just a lot of um, talk about, you know, who's going to be kind of eating up that consistency role in the wide receiver position. You know, obviously we got Dan Key as a true freshman who's the early standout, it sounds like. And um, I'm going to be interested to see, you know, who carves out uh, those other consistent reps throughout the next two weeks. It's going to be exciting um, to hear kind of interviews happening with our coaching staff, get their feel for, where we are, um, where our opportunities still lie, obviously with still some opening windows that we could get from other recruits. Um, and a big portion of this two weeks, AJ, is you know, while we're in summer camp, it's a huge recruiting opportunity. We're going to have as we've mentioned prior episodes, a lot of recruits come through for official visits these next two weeks. Um, This is going to be a great opportunity to kind of show them how our program operates, what a typical practice looks like, um, and really just show them the competitive nature that Mark Soup brings to the table. So I'm excited for these next two weeks. Um, And just how it rolls on into the, to the rest of the summer, obviously. And I think, there is some big news that I have to cover because as summer camp has officially launched, there is one player that is not in attendance. Um, as we kind of harped on in a previous AOK episode, Chris Rodriguez is that individual. Um, you know, obviously he's dealing with some legal issues and ramifications from his, um, DUI a few weeks back now. Um, we kind of shifted through that pretty quickly AJ on one of our episodes and just how we needed to stay tuned as far as what implications that could have on his season going forward. Any, uh, you know, potential suspensions, you know, there was that scare that he didn't show up for his, um, initial trial, which was actually a miscommunication on his lawyers. Um, behalf so nothing really came of that they dropped the charges because obviously they put out a warrant for his arrest But that was not on chris rodriguez he was not instructed to be there that day um, however the developing news around chris is that there's some other external factors that are happening within the relationship of both uk and chris rodriguez this is not something that is completely severed. However, it sounds like there is some potential suspension that has to happen. Um, What I'm hearing from inside sources within the program, outside sources within, you know, the landscape of Lexington, it sounds like there is almost an inevitable suspension that's going to have to happen for Chris Rodriguez. Initially, I thought that would almost be inevitable aj i thought that was going to be you know a one game potential suspension you know he misses out against Miami of ohio you know we wipe our hands we let him run the ball for the rest of the season that does not sound like the case unfortunately um stick with me guys this is not confirmed so we have to kind of like we said before just play the waiting game unfortunately However, the more and more consistent news that has been developing within Lexington is Chris Rodriguez could be sitting out close to four to five games for next season. That would be the first four to five games. Obviously, there's a massive opportunity down in Gainesville week two against the Florida Gators that, in this scenario, Chris Rodriguez would not be a part of. Um, You know, it's it's sad because I, I really do think of what potentially could be for Chris Rodriguez next season, you know, he's on pace to potentially set some UK records and, and really go down in the, um, you know, the record books for Kentucky football. And I just really hope that, you know, as more news develops and confirmed sources come about that, you know, there's not more bad news to be honest. Um, But it's just something we got to keep our eyes on. It sounds like, you know, as, these next two weeks go on, it's going to look like AJ Rose is going to have the majority of the snaps in the backfield, which don't get me wrong. AJ Rose is an incredible back. Um, I fully believe that we can still have an extremely successful season without Chris Rodriguez. However, If you're going to give me the opportunity to have Chris Rodriguez take it or leave it, I'm going to take it every single day of the year. I would take him over majority of the backs in the entire NCAA. I love what he brings to this program, um, the leadership that he brings to the team, and just the way he plays football. So it's going to be a tough blow if that comes into fruition, but I guess we're just going to have to wait and see. We really don't know, but I'm hoping that obviously – whatever does have to happen happens, you know, efficiently and happens with the right, you know, consideration going into what all has transpired with Chris Rodriguez this off season. I mean, boy, has it been a whirlwind.
0: Yeah, Sam, it's a really unfortunate situation. I don't really know how else to, to put my, uh, spin on it. Um, unfortunately cannot spin this in a positive way. Um, you know, he's a leader of a team. It's a bad, it's a bad situation, and unfortunately, um, that's where he finds himself. But um, there are some capable backs in the team, like you said, A.J. Rose being one of them. Um, we'll, we'll see how things shake out throughout the course of the season and um, throughout the summer, so me and Sam will keep you posted on that. And, um, you know, hopefully we can get away with just a few games and get a fresh Chris Rodriguez um, for the majority of the SEC season into the back half of the season. Um so you never know. Um, I guess that's the way I'll look at it, a potential blessing in disguise. Um, let him grow up a little bit and get him some fresh legs, and um, he, he could be potentially ready to roll for the back half of the season and um, and to be a workhorse. So we shall see. We don't know how any of these things will um, play out, but um appreciate you bringing us all up to speed on that, Sam, because um, – definitely something that people need to start thinking about and uh, obviously the coaching staff is going to have to be dealing with this um and trying to figure out what their game plan is for the season and and how they want to attack um the season without chris rodriguez potentially so um and and i you know i hate to end on a bad note so um I don't want to end the show talking about um, what's going on with with Chris. So, um, just one little thing that I did want to add. Um, now that we're talking about football, um, the SEC meetings were last week down in Florida. So all the coaches, um, league officials, all all sorts of people people down there, and they're talking about all sorts of things and scheduling and NIL and, and and all sorts of stuff and it's a lot of it is just a bunch of um you know it's just a bunch of smoke and mirrors. They don't actually do a whole ton of anything. Um a lot of ideas are kicked around and uh not much is done about it. But um I was able to catch um an interview with Mark Stoops last week um as I was listening to the radio driving home from work one day, and uh, um, I believe it was on channel channel eighty four ESPN U Radio. If anybody listens to to Sirius XM, just to um, give them some credit as to where I where I heard him talking. But um, it was a really interesting interview. Actually, um, he was asked just kind of how he was feeling and um, how it's been at his tenure at Kentucky and he was very honest and open about it. And I thought it was very interesting. And he just said that, um, you know, it's been a grind and there have been times where it's been tough for him and he's gone through a lot of long seasons and um, it almost, I was like, well dang coach you sound like a guy that doesn't really want to be here too much anymore but um, he switched his tune really fast and he just said um, you know I have gone through those times where it's been tough and you know I feel like we're trying to build something here and it hasn't come as fast as we wanted it to specifically but we're still doing the right things and and we're growing and we're winning more now and um, he just really talked about how like the last couple months he was able to step back a little bit and really kind of refresh himself and how he is extremely, extremely ready to go and fired up for this new season and how um, he feels like we have an absolute stud quarterback and our offense took a giant leap last year and we have a new coordinator who's come in who's been working with Will Levis Um, and he just seems like he is ready to rock and roll for the season. And he understands that, um, he made he made a comment just saying, um, um, talking about kind of our new look offense a little bit. And he just, he just said something, um, to the effect of like, you know, last year we proved and we showed that we can now push the ball down the field and to be able to win in college football. Nowadays, you have to be able to push the ball down the field and score points. And, we have a quarterback who can now accurately and successfully, successfully pull, push the ball down the field. And what that does is that attracts guys who are playmakers who want to come play here because they can get that experience of being able to shine and make some of those plays and be that deep threat and kind of put their athleticism um, out there on display in a, in a very good conference for a very good football team. And he wasn't shy about that. And we, me and Sam have touched on it in the recruiting the athletes, the people that he's bringing in to play these skill positions. And it, it's very obvious what the coaching staff is doing and where they're trying to go. And they're really trying to load up this offense to be able to go out there and compete with the best teams in the country. And um, that's just something I wanted to leave you guys with as we um, wrap up this episode you got a head coach in Mark Stoops who is ready to go. He's fired up, and that that coaching staff has a complete vision and focus for what they want our football team to be like, and um, they're doing their best to execute it and get these guys ready to roll for the season. So um, just thought that would be something of note, more positive um, as far as football goes. And unless you have anything else to add, Sam, that's about all I have. That's about all my raspy voice can handle tonight. I need to go pump some fluids and some drugs and go to bed. <laughs> so,
1: Yes, sir. I mean, high expectations for this year. The staff knows it. The team knows it. Our coach knows it. I'm absolutely pumped. We're ready for it. Football season, the Bluegrass cannot come. Fast enough, man. Let's absolutely go.
0: All right, Sam. Well, I appreciate your time tonight. Thank you again, everyone, for listening. Real quick, um, you can follow us on social media. Follow me on Twitter at Andrew underscore John Bradley. Follow Sam at SamBrad66. You can also follow us, and more importantly, follow us, um, follow the podcast on Facebook instagram and twitter at a o kentucky pod share with your friends like the podcast rate the podcast everything that you guys can do goes a long way in helping us to continue to grow this podcast and yeah like i said i'm gonna go get some rest and we will be back in a few days um i will see you next time my friend thanks y'all there's only one thing left to say O-C-A-T-S Cats,
1: Cats, Cats